Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. All right, welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. That was the short intro because we got a lot of ground to cover today. But before we get into it, uh, I would like to welcome you. Thank you for joining us, uh, as has become customary on this particular program. Whenever we are recording, I have the tendency of letting you know in case something happens between the time of recording and uh, the time of airing or whenever Gino uploads it. So, yes, this is a recording, but it's fresh. Uh, We are recording today, uh, September the 2nd. Year of our Lord, uh, 2021. So uh, this is just a couple hours before uh, it's going to air tonight. I have to pick up my girls from school. So uh, we, we had to get this one in the can, be done with it. Uh, and that way uh, you get an hour of yours truly going on about, well, you know, I... It's, I don't like beating dead horses. I don't like going over things that I've already gone over. But I've gotten a couple of questions uh, from from people that uh, I'm assuming were asked in the right spirit, that were asked with a sincere desire to expand their knowledge, to accumulate wisdom unto themselves. So um, I will answer the questions accordingly. Uh, I, I got this question from two different people. They emailed me, uh, so it wasn't the same exact question. It was a variation, uh, a, a theme upon the play of it. But um, why, why do you think uh, bringing a bunch of Afghanis over uh, to the U.S. Uh, will turn out to be a bad thing is basically the crux of it. Uh, you yourself being an immigrant, uh, you should understand um, that, you know, people need refuge. Uh, and I do understand that people need refuge. Uh, the problem is um, a lot deeper than that, I think. It, it, it's a clash of cultures. It's not, you're not, you're not bringing people from one civilized country to another civilized country. And I know I'm going to catch a lot of flack for it, and that's fine, because I know what I know, and you know what you think you know. Uh, So I I, I tell you the truth uh, to the best of my ability. And when you start people, when you you start seeing people, you know, spit roasting uh, labradoodles in the park, you'll understand exactly what I meant by clash of cultures. Uh, The best way I can illustrate this, uh, story time with Uncle Mike, Uh, because you need to understand, uh, first of all, we don't know who's coming over. Uh, Because, guess what? Uh, A bunch of Afghanis got on planes, came to the U.S., are spreading throughout the U.S. populace, but... At the same time, the majority of Afghani interpreters were left behind, senior State Department officials say. So if it wasn't the interpreters, those people that were brave and courageous that helped us when we needed it most, uh, if those people got left behind and will likely be beheaded at some point, 
who prayed tell came across? Who got on those C-130s? Good question, isn't it? Because right now we're, we're in, in the euphoria of playing Savior again. We like doing that. It, apparently middle-aged white women, uh, upper class, uh, you know, uh, high society, this is, this, is, this is their catnip. If they think they've saved a life without lifting a finger, without ever having affected them personally, look at us. We're so amazing. You're not. You're, you're, you're going to see your doggy, that little poodle you love so much, that you dress up in a sweater during Christmas, uh, spit roasted in a park. Because, once again, back to story time. And at some point, I will be sipping from my delicious hot beverage. Yes, it is a cup of coffee. Uh, because, you know, we need a little energy once in a while. It's, it's past noon, so still allowed to have coffee because I'm an adult. Uh, back when Romania opened up, when we, we became, uh, you know, that, I guess, uh, mentally challenged step-sibling of Europe that you keep in a basement and you throw you know, leftovers to whenever you remember to do it. Because that's what Romania is. The only reason we were allowed in the European Union-ish, because we were still not on the euro, we still have our own currency, but, hey, you are part of us, my friends. You are part of You are European now. So because they said we were European, uh, they had to open the borders and our people could travel freely throughout Europe. The only reason they agreed to this was uh, 20 million new customers to whatever, you know, just worthless thing they're trying to sell. Uh, and uh, they get to dump all of their toxic waste in our country because why have deformed children in Germany when you can have deformed children in Romania? You know, that's the way they thought about it. And I understand, you know. Uh, better you than me. And that's pretty much uh, the mindset of every elitist uh, that, that we should let everybody in. We should open our hearts and our wallets and our homes and let everyone from Afghanistan in. I wonder how many people are going to, you know, pitch tents in front of Barack Hussein Obama's, uh, you know, Martha's Vineyard home. When I see a few tents, pitched in front of Barack Hussein Obama's home, then I'll say we're all in this together. But back to my story. I know I'm jumping around from here to there to everywhere, and we're only seven minutes in. So they had to open the borders with Romania. Now, most Romanians who knew how to read and write, use indoor plumbing, etc., had jobs and had no desire to leave the country in search of something unknown. The ne'er-do-wells, the people with no purpose, no direction, no ability to sign their own name legibly, they're the ones that decided they were going to make Europe their oyster. Because why not? Free. 
So you had a lot of gypsies and a lot of people that spent time in prison just spiderweb out, spread out throughout all of Europe. And at first, the Europeans were very welcoming. They're like Americans today that have no clue what they're doing, but they think they're doing great. Uh, so the Europeans, oh, welcome, our gypsy brothers who are persecuted. Uh, now, the only difference between the Afghani culture and the gypsy culture is that the Afghanis are a lot more violent. They have a tendency of using firearms. And uh, from what I hear, as news travels through the grapevine and such, have amorous relationships with goats. Uh, that's pretty much the only difference. Oh, yeah, and, and, and great rage towards America, because any country that's been in your country for 20 years and you had at least one uncle, aunt, cousin, mom, dad, grandpa, grandma, son, or daughter uh, that got done did dead by the great Satan, you know, you harbor a little animosity, and rightly so. So, uh, our Romanian gypsies made their way through Europe, as I said, and finally, uh, they ended up on this, the, the, the shore of this gorgeous lake in Austria. Austria is not a very big country, but it has some beautiful scenery. And somewhere in Austria, there's a lake that they actually dubbed Swan Lake because there were always swans everywhere swimming on that lake. It was just a swan cacophony. Now, even though they couldn't read or write, even though 2 plus 2 was beyond their mental capacity to, you know, unwind and make sense of, even the gypsies understood what Purdy was. Let's face it, most people do. You see a heap of trash with a dead dog on top of it, you go, eh, not very attractive. You see a gorgeous crystalline lake with swans swimming atop it, you're like, eh, nicer than the garbage heap. This is pretty. So that's how you decide. So a lot of gypsies pitched a lot of tents because, you know, that's their culture. Uh, on, on, on the banks on the shore of this uh, lake. And within the span of three or four weeks, the locals started to notice that there were less and less swans swimming gracefully upon the lake. Now, at first, they thought it was coincidence. You know, perhaps a few people bathing in the lake scared them away. They'd come back eventually. About six weeks in, there was not a swan to be found within a five-square-mile radius. But the gypsies were getting chubbier and chubbier by the day because apparently swan is good eating. So within six weeks, they took one of Austria's most, most glorious and prized things, and decimated it. They ate all the swans. They caught them. They killed them. They cooked them. They ate the swans. They ate the swans. And that's what happens when you have a clash of cultures. Understand, God love them. They're God's creation too, just like the gypsies. But the Afghanis 
are a barbaric culture. Your culture and their culture will not blend seamlessly. See, within our society, we have these unwritten rules and regulations. We have these, these sort of understandings among ourselves that we're going to be civil to each other. The Afghanis have no such understanding. If I can take it, I will take it. If I want it, I will take it. If you are weaker than me, then it must be mine because you are weaker than me. Understand what you people, and by you people I mean most of the Whole Foods shopping sort of yoga pant ladies, you know, oh, they're going to bring such a breath of fresh air to our community. You know, maybe they'll start a falafel stand. I don't know. I'm just saying it'll be great to see a little color. Yeah. So if you start noticing poodles missing, cats missing, um, and and you had a few plane loads of Afghanis, uh, freshly minted Americans, uh, you'll know where your doggies went. But, you know, you can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. So by the time the Austrians and the French and the Spaniards and the Germans realized that it wasn't the best and brightest that was trying to make a beeline for their country, it was already too late. I remember the first time I went to Germany. Uh, It was... Back in the day, there were no direct flights to to Bucharest. There were no direct flights to Romania. Nobody went to Romania back then. It was early 90s. It's like 90, 91, right after the revolution. And so you had to fly from LAX, which for those of you that don't know uh, airport lingo, and I get it, some of you don't fly. It's Los Angeles, California. So you flew from Los Angeles to Frankfurt. Germany, on Lufthansa, that was, and still is, the airline, uh, then the only connecting flight to Bucharest was about 36 hours later. So you had to pick up all your bags in the Frankfurt airport, you had to grab a cab, you had to get a hotel room for a day, basically, walk around the city, what have you, and then come back to the airport, uh, check in with Tarome Airlines, and fly to Bucharest in uh, the same sort of comfort level that those 600 people flew on the C-130. The planes that the Romanian airline had were not good. Let me just put it that way. They still had the, 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 their, their like overhead baggage thing was the netting. And so if somebody had like an extra heavy bag that they threw on top of there somehow – Whenever there would be turbulence, that netting and, and the bag would bounce and almost scalp you. It would just almost smack you in the head. It was beautiful. It was an experience. But the reason I'm telling you this story is I remember the first time I went back and we went through Frankfurt. Everybody was happy and open and jovial. You walked into a bank to trade some dollars from some Deutschmarks. I know it was during the time of the Deutschmark. 
Uh, You'd go into a bank. You know, there was no bulletproof glass. There were no bars on the window. It was just, you know, Gutenhaben. I think that's what they said. I don't remember. I, I, I revert back to California and say hola. But I think it was Gutenhaben or Guten Morgan. Uh, and um, basically I would go uh, Deutschmarks, ja, dollars, ja. And she would go, ja. And then uh, I'd give her my passport and the dollars and she'd give me some Deutschmarks and I'd go have uh, some Wiener Schnitzel. So, between 1990-ish and 1993, it was only two years, less than two years. You couldn't recognize Frankfurt, Germany anymore. Every single bank had that six-inch thick glass where you can't really see the person's features. You just know there's somebody there. Every transaction had to be done through one of those metal things where you put your money and your passport in the little box and she pulls it to her side, takes it out, puts stuff in, pushes it back to your side, bars on every window, a police presence the likes of which you've never seen, and if you happened to speak Romanian or you know, let on that you were Romanian. They looked at you like you were a pariah. Because they thought they knew who'd done this to their country. Again, I'm sure there are many lovely people in Afghanistan. The real Afghanis likely stayed behind because they love their country just like you love yours. The profiteer Afghanis, the ones that would eat a swan and a dog and a kitty and a poodle because it's cheaper than going and buying a turkey at the pick and save, those are the ones that clamored onto C-130s. And among them, peppered in, I would hazard to say that there were also individuals who are now currently in these United States who bear ill will towards this nation, bearing ill will without having the ability to carry out vengeance is fruitless. So I would hazard to guess they know what they're doing. So it's not just that they hate America and saw an opportunity to come and, you know, attempt to destroy it from within. They have the knowledge required to put a hitch in our giddy-up. And let's face it, our giddy-up isn't what it used to be. I've tried to avoid talking about just the utter incompetence of this administration. You know, I, I remember back in the old days. I know, it's, it's just walks down memory lane. We're just rabbit trailing the whole hour. Uh, excuse me while I take a sip of my delicious beverage. Back in the old days, I don't know if you guys remember, you know, be, before it turned out he was just a complete nut. 
There was a guy named Hulk Hogan. He used to be a wrestler. And I know, you know, wrestling in a teenage boy, marriage made in heaven. Uh, so I used to, whenever I was allowed to go visit the neighbor, uh, we'd, we'd sit down and, and watch wrestling. And Hulk Hogan would, would always come out uh, to, to, to the theme song, I'm a real American. Remember that? I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. It, where's Hulk Hogan when you need him? What was it? Uh, fight for what's right and fight for your life. Uh, not today, Bucky. There's, what, 30 American kids still in Afghanistan? I'm sure they wanted to stay. The Baba Ganesh is that good. Believe me. You get a little kebab, you get a shawarma, you get a little baba ganoush. And you're like, so what if they behead me tomorrow? Today we feast. Anyway, please understand. And, and this is a public service announcement uh, more than anything else. Uh, everything the media tells you at this point is a lie. Assume that they're lying to your face. Assume that they are fabricating Whatever is coming out of their pie hole. Assume it's a grandiose lie. Why do I say this? Well, it seems Mr. Robinette Biden, uh, contrary to his uh, constant assurances that he had no idea this was going to happen in Afghanistan, had phone conversations with the former president of Afghanistan, Uh, And the guy was warning him, hey, if you guys pull out, we're toast. If you pull out, the Taliban's taking over. If you pull out, I'm not staying. I'm not an idiot. I don't want him playing soccer with my decapitated head. Who wants that? So all of that got buried. Apparently there's leaks now. Remember the, 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 the leaks used to be the, you know, soup du jour Back in the Trump administration, every three seconds, there was somebody that was leaking something. Well, uh, apparently, uh, other than many in the Biden administration having anal leakage, uh, there's some that are actually leaking information. Uh, And this phone call that supposedly took place between uh, Mr. Robinette Biden and the president of Afghanistan... Uh, was one of the things that was leaked. So, uh, yeah, feeling proud? Doing good? Onward and upward, rising phoenixes? Look, Mark Levin had a take on the entire Afghanistan thing, and I think it's apropos. Because only the demented and those removed from reality think that this was anything other than the worst kind of failure. I think when you look at the situation as a whole, uh, you have to realize that perhaps there was some... uh, more nefarious 
plans going on behind the scenes that we are as yet not privy to. Because one of the things I keep coming back to is why not disable all the planes and the helicopters and the Humvees and all the military hardware that we left behind? Why not disable it first? Because, I mean, you know, the, the, the military industrial complex would still have gotten contracts for replacements. If those things were left there disabled, then okay, you know, hey, we have to buy more from you. Because, you know, everybody's got to eat. And we haven't had a real war in a while. Although, another thing that we must ask ourselves, and it's an honest question, seeing as we've been humiliated by a bunch of goat herders, do we really want to get into a fight with, a, with an apt foe? Do we really think we can stand toe-to-toe with a superpower? Goat herders got the best of us. Goat herders are marking us openly. Why didn't they disable all the stuff before the evacuation? I hope I'm wrong. But something tells me I'm not, and nobody's mentioned this yet. Nobody's talked about it. And I think it's an, it's an interesting thing to keep an eye on for when it does come back to bite us, as the kids like to say. I know, American prophetic. What if animus against the nation of Israel by some people in this administration was such that they left everything intact knowing full well that airplanes and helicopters and Humvees and machine guns and rockets and grenades and ammo, oh my, would be sold off to the Iranians who would quickly use it against, well, Israel. It's one of those things that's been bouncing around in my head, and time will tell. But what if the Palestinians that up to this moment in time have been throwing stones and using slingshots start raiding settlements in Israel fully kitted in American hardware? What if the Iranians, being the magnanimous folks that they are, buy all the armaments from the Taliban and turn around and give it to the Palestinians to fight their proxy war? See, that's the thing. All the stuff should have and could have been disabled. We've disabled none of it. They're joyriding around in Chinook helicopters. You know, 
hanging people by nooses and just flying around town because, hey, you know, what's a kid going to do after he's taken over a country without a shot being fired with the greatest nation in the history of the world, with the greatest military in the history of the world, tucking tail and running away? Huh? I mean, they got time to kill. They were planning a long, drawn-out thing, but thank you, Joe. Thumbs up. So Wednesday, Mark Levin was on uh, Sean Hannity's show. And he talked about the humiliation that we've just suffered. And believe me, it won't be the last of humiliation. And... um, Depending on how quickly things escalate here, depending on how many rich white ladies uh, get a knife to the throat, I've been hearing more and more chatter about the R word than ever before. This, it, it, there's, it's exploded so suddenly that it's, it's worse than it was with all the election debacle. And by the R word, no, I don't mean Republican, because let's face it, it's not about that anymore. Did you hear? Did you hear? Mitch McConnell said, President Joe Robinette Biden will not be removed from office. Thank you, Mitch. But you didn't say much when they tried to do it to Trump. And let's face it, it's like comparing night and day. Because... In the least, there's been dereliction of duty. In the least, Mr. Robinette Biden has the blood of, what, 13 American service people on his hands because he didn't know how to egress. But Mark Levin uh, said this about our, our withdrawal. First, I want to thank or talk to General Milley. And you know Mark Milley. He was a holdover from the Trump administration, the man that wants to get to the root cause of white rage, because that's the danger. That's the real danger. If you're white, Christian, and American, well, we'll trade you for an Afghani every day of the week and twice on Sunday, because then they're safe. You know, even when they're chanting death to America, they do so in a friendly manner. So they're friendly. That whole death to America stuff, you know, it's like when you chant go bucks at a, at a ball game in Wisconsin. It's just what they do. So back to it. General Milley, Mark Levin says, I have this hanging on my office hall. You know who this is? This is George S. Patton. I know they don't make them like that anymore, do they? You are no George S. Patton, General Milley. How many Anne Franks are there tonight in Afghanistan? How many Anne Franks are hiding in cellars all across the country today? Uh, I, I read somewhere that a pregnant American, uh, you know, they, they mistook her belly for a soccer ball, so they started kicking it. But... You know, that's, that's just young men letting out aggression. 
It's not the Taliban by any means. It's not ISIS-K or ISIS-M or ISIS-L. We're just, you know, being sophomoric about this. I mean, we can just bring all the Afghanis here, and then that'll solve the problem, okay? So there, they can go work at Whole Foods. I want to talk about the people left behind, Mark Levin said. Not the 124,000 who've been evacuated to safety. I want to talk about the millions who now have genocide unleashed upon them. And before Joe Biden became president, the United States were living mostly in peace and mostly in safety in what was a neutralized Afghanistan with a minimal American military footprint. Well, we thought about it, and we said, you know what the Taliban needs? More weapons. They need more equipment. They need a few Hueys and a few airplanes and bunches and bunches of machine guns and bullets. But hey, if you're an American living in America, you're a danger not only to yourself but to others around you. So we should probably limit and curb that whole Second Amendment thing. Who was it that donned the homosexual lemon he of the prolapsed rectum? Uh, Yeah, they were talking about muskets. Don, please, go put something in your body and leave the rest of us alone, will you? We are headed towards an inflection point. There are so many sparks. There are so many things that could set it off that It's only a matter of time. People are actively, I hear it on the radio, just everywhere, talking about revolution openly without, you know, any regard for who's listening. They know we we can't stand for this anymore. Uh, We're getting to that point where it's not going to take much for things to unravel very quickly. And they know this. This is why they keep pushing the notion of gun control. This is why they're demanding everyone submit. This is why it seems there's a target on the back of any state that dares not comply or that dares not fall in line. And... Those naive among us look at everything that's happening and they shrug their shoulders and go, just you wait, 2022 is around the corner. We're going to shellac them. You sure about that? Who's we? Just because they have an R behind their name? Look at Mitch McConnell. He's got an R behind his name. He's a Senate Minority Leader, former Senate Majority Leader. And Mitch McConnell's been paid for in full. He's been bought and paid for a hundred times over. If you think the well-being of the American public is his first concern, you're out of your mind. Same goes for every politician. 
is it looks at the situation that sees where we're headed and then tries to soothe everyone by saying, oh, no, don't believe your lying eyes. Really? Really? It's not going to be as bad as you think. No, it's going to be worse. It's going to be worse. Because we are still living in an era of relative prosperity. And even in an era of relative prosperity, violence, murders, robberies, carjackings have shot up hundredfold. Imagine if you were living in famine. Imagine what those committing crimes of opportunity would be willing to do if famine was upon the land and food became a scarce resource And the strong survived. Just think on that for a second. I know, I know. Oh, it's never going to come to that. I'm tired of saying I told you so, people. It's going to come to that. Everything that we've talked about for the last few years, where, oh, it's never going to come to that. It did. We're there. Remember I told you the mentally ill are making the rules? And because no one's willing to stand up to the mentally ill, your children are in danger? Hey, guess what? The quote-unquote trans woman who sparked uh, the spa debate in Los Angeles. Believe it or not, is a registered sex offender. Well, blow me over with a feather. Who would have seen that coming? So here's the story. And now you begin to see a pattern. Remember what George W. Bush tried saying once and failed? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Um, remember when they were doing a drag queen story hour with men dressed as women holding little children on their laps? And then it turned out that a handful of them were sex offenders, that they weren't supposed to be anywhere near a school, never mind hold children on their laps. Remember when churches opened up their sanctuaries for drag queen story hour, huh? Because we want to be inclusive. And we want to embrace degeneracy. Yes, we do. Now, the trans woman, <coughs> the dude, the dude, the mentally ill dude who sparked a nationwide debate in June by entering the nude women's section of a Korean spa in Los Angeles 
Remember that big debate? There were women and children there, and he walks in just swinging in the breeze. No, I am a woman. But there's dangly bits. I am a woman. Well, apparently this woman is a registered sex offender and is facing separate charges and is under investigation by the Los Angeles Police Department. Investigative journalist Andy No. And if you don't know who Andy No is, apparently he's the only journalist left. He's like a, a, a homosexual Asian who got the stuffing beat out of him by Antifa during the riots. Because he was trying to say, hey, something's wrong here. Boof, boof, boof. Well, apparently now uh, he's uncovered because, again, in the whole of Los Angeles, Andy No out of Portland, Oregon, is the only one to break this story. Can somebody spell cover-up? Cover-up! They're protecting a sex offender because it would shed a negative light on the mentally ill transgender community. In June, a group of women complained that a person who identified as female exposed their peni at the Wee Spa in Los Angeles. The incident led to months of sometimes violent protests. Listen to this. It led to months of violent protests with media outlets declaring it an example of bias against the transgendered, or even that it didn't happen. But on Monday, charges of indecent exposure were discreetly filed against a serial sex offender for the Wee Spa incident. Following an investigation by the Los Angeles Police Department, sources with knowledge of the case but not authorized to speak publicly say four women and a minor girl came forward to allege that Darren A.G. Marager was partially erect in the women's section of We Spa. Besides being a suspect in this case, Marager is facing multiple felony charges of indecent exposure over a separate incident in Los Angeles. You have a pervert. You have a mentally ill pervert who exposed himself to adult women as well as a minor girl who was aroused by the idea of exposing himself to these women. But somehow the citizenry of Los Angeles violently protested on this, uh, this sex offender's behalf. We have lost our minds collectively. If God does not judge us, then men will begin to wonder if he is just. Good is being called evil. Evil is being called good. And soon, the reckoning. And it will be so many things at once. Some expected, some unexpected. That even the godless will begin to wonder, is this God's judgment? Yes. 
yes, yes, yes. God will judge. And what God judges, he does so indiscriminately. Either you are his or you are not. The original controversy came to national attention when a woman posted video of herself confronting spa staff over the incident. The spa's management said they could not remove the trans woman due to California anti-discrimination laws. Understand that baby step by baby step, Churches will be told they can no longer say homosexuality is a sin without suffering consequence. Never mind transgenderism. No, it cannot be a mental illness. Yes, it kind of can. Some women protested against allowing biological males in the women's section of the spa, but were attacked by Antifa counter-demonstrators. And yet the city of Los Angeles hasn't jailed one Antifa member. There was violence at several subsequent demonstrations. You were demonstrating on behalf of a sex pervert. You were demonstrating on behalf of someone who is a registered sex offender. It means they committed the crime of of sexual perversion. I don't know what it was, but... If he's registered, then he got caught once, at least. But you go on with your bad self. You keep protesting and defending perversion. This is the age we live in. You have just wrinkle bags like Cher freaking out over Texas, which passed a anti-abortion law. And of course, this is all these people know is snark. That's all they know. Well, <laughs> when, when's Texas going to start mandating burkas? Yes, because killing babies is a lot like being Muslim, except for the hack that we don't behead anyone. And we're trying to save the life of a baby, you drug-addled, rotting corpse of a woman. We're... Look, I don't want to get angry. It's Thursday. I don't know. That's a good as reason as any not to want to get angry. Because everything seems to be headed in a direction that many have warned about for many years. Nobody believed them. Oh, we're never going to be that. Yes, we are. And so when you talk about persecution coming upon the land, when you talk about people hating you for being a follower of Christ, There are still some who will go, ah, that'll never happen here. How many things have happened that we said would never happen? It's not even, Texas didn't outlaw abortion. 
It is a small victory to be sure. But all they did was ban abortions after six weeks of pregnancy. Six weeks. That's a viable human being growing inside you. But hey, Cher says you should have the right to kill it. Because if that ain't freedom, nothing is. These are the demented of society who have risen to prominence because there was a vacuum that they filled. It could have been filled with righteousness. It could have been filled with godliness. It could have been filled with noble men. Why wasn't it? See, those, those are questions that we should ask ourselves. If the vacuum was filled by filth and rot and disease and hedonism and the worst practices imaginable to mankind, Where were those that could have filled it with something better? See, you, you get the leadership you deserve. A nation gets the leaders that it deserves. That bumbling old man who's wearing an adult diaper and doesn't know whether... He's going to see another sunrise. That dementia-riddled excuse for a president. You deserve that. You get the leadership you deserve. But just in case you thought I was making it up, Afghan president warned of Taliban invasion but Joe Biden focused on perception. Eh, who cares? Dead soldiers. Do you see those, those pictures where they were bringing the coffins with the flag-draped coffins by and he just kept checking his watch? That's your president. I don't know. At this point, I'd take Hulk Hogan, I think. A leaked transcript and audio recording of a call between President Joe Biden and then Afghan President Ashraf Ghani about three weeks before Kabul fell showed that as the Afghan president warned of a Taliban invasion, Biden pressed him to change the perception. I understand that the media is the propaganda arm of this party. I understand that the media will try to shelter and protect one Robinette Biden as much as they can. But like I said, when they start spit-roasting French poodles in Central Park, even the media won't be able to cover it up. If you're still wasting your time watching the news, just assume you're being lied to. 
nothing is as it seems. And the only hope that I have, the only hope that I can allow myself to have is that the intentions are not as nefarious as I believe them to be. Uh, we, we, we've talked about all these things ad nauseum. I, I've told you that the American psyche cannot process the barbarism that these people will bring with them. You've been sheltered. You've lived in a bubble. And rather than be thankful and grateful, there's a large segment of the population that truly believes that this is the worst country to live in. Well, children, as the kids like to say, you ain't seen nothing yet. You will. It's inevitable. So, as is always the case, Make sure that your life is in the hands of the one who gave his life for you. Because that is the only place of safety and refuge. And don't believe anyone who will tell you otherwise. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being with us. Until next time, may God bless you. May God keep you. And Gino, if you've got anything to say, the floor is yours. Thank you, Mike. I'm reminded of the days of Babylon, you know. The, I believe Belshazzar was the king. Very haughty. He had it in his heart to take the golden, you know, the temple vessels and use them for wine and drunkenness and sin. And one day the words were written on the wall, many, many, take all you farsin. And he didn't know what that meant. But you know what? God had people there that could give them the interpretation. And the words meant this, your kingdom has been found wanting in the balance. You know, your kingdom has been numbered and found wanting in the balance. Basically, that kingdom was going to come to an end. And same thing with America. You know, our our kingdom, our wicked kingdom uh, is coming to an end. Our power is leaving us. Our wisdom is gone. Our leaders are corrupt. And, you know, the, the apple's rotting from the core, just like Mike said. The danger of having all the Afghans coming without being vetted is there's going to be terrorists within those groups. You know, do you think the Taliban's not going to want to send terrorists here? Or, or ISIS or whatever, K-ISIS or whatever the names are over there? And... You know, we are, our days are numbered as a kingdom. And I heard today, and Mike said it, the food thing is going to be an issue shortly. I got a call today that they don't even have enough packaging material to package food in numerous plants. And grocery stores are running out of different products. This is like the beginning of the tip of the iceberg of, of a food shortage, food situation, that that will definitely open the door Two people, what, stealing, robbing, and killing, probably to get a meal. 
You know, they're stealing catalytic converters for what, a hundred bucks. Their crime is rampant. And this is all the rotting of the apple, moral and spiritual decay. You know what? There's a scripture. Woe unto them that call good evil and evil good. And that's where we are in America. We call evil good. We got a crazy president. This guy's probably, you know, this guy is just crazy. Let's just call it what it is. He, he lies and without even thinking twice, no shame. And he's just mentally not there, you know. And now when Texas makes, as Mike said, a law to try to spare the preborn, our crazy president wants to make war against this law and use all the powers at his disposal to do it. Well, where did he use all the powers at his disposal to help protect the Americans in Kabul? Because he surely didn't do that. Where did he use all the powers at his disposal to help the people, interpreters and others, that did help the American troops? He didn't use all the power at his disposal. In fact, he gave up $2 billion air bases in Kandahar and Bagram, $86 billion of military weaponry, yet he wants to use all his power to kill more of the preborn. That's how nuts he is. And you know what? Revolution's coming. God said it was coming. And woe unto them to call evil good. And you know what? We're not going to have remorse for preaching the truth and for warning. We've been doing it almost 40 years. And as Mike said, you ain't seen nothing yet. And he's right. It's going to get ugly. It's going to get very bad in Babylon. And as I said, many, many take all you far seen. Your kingdom has been found wanting, you know, in the balances has been weighed in the balances, rather, and found wanting. That's where America's at, because its days are numbered. Thank you so much for listening to the Light of Truth radio broadcast. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth, with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at AOL.com or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you. They are all